Hey guys, just jumping in before this interview to let you know I'm taking on one-on-one -on -one coaching clients for January. If you feel like you want to invest in yourself, if you're ready to put yourself first in 2019, I'd love to hear from you. I'm more than happy to set up a complimentary call with you to discuss any questions you might have, go into everything, get to know each other. Any questions, just email me, we can set that up can't wait to hear from some of you, can't wait to work with some of you next year. All info on that will be in the show notes, so head there. Today's chat is all about money again and saving. I know a couple of weeks ago we chatted with Hannah about how she got out of debt. In this week's interview, I'm with money and savings blogger Lucy who blogs at the frugal fox so go check her out her info is in the show notes she's sharing loads of budgeting tips today but not your typical quite boring budgeting tips she's all about enjoying life and doing the things that you love to do but on a budget and saving money whilst you're doing so and we also dive into some deep chat about how certain things on social media are potentially ruining our finances and actually stopping us from reaching our savings goals. How we're buying stuff that we don't need, that isn't working, that isn't actually any good. If you're looking to cut back over Christmas or if you're thinking about a big financial goal you want to save for in the new year, I hope we're helpful and share lots of good takeaways for you today. Enjoy! Welcome to the Put Yourself First podcast. Inspiring conversations with badass women. Empowering you to make time for your personal goals and put yourself first. Hi everyone, welcome back to Put Yourself First. Today I'm with Lucy, say hi. Hi. And we're going to chat about money stuff today and yep. budgeting and consumerism and some quite <laughs> deep topics so do you want to introduce yourself and introduce a bit more about your blog and what you do yeah so I blog about money but not necessarily just spending the least amount possible which is what a lot of money bloggers out there do you know, when you're on a tight budget, I tend to blog about like lifestyle stuff. So still going out for meals and still going to the theatre and doing the things you want, but finding discount codes and doing it, you know, on a budget and saving where you can to spend money on what's important because that's how I sort of live my life nowadays at this age that I'm at. I, that's what I do. Yeah. And your blog is The Frugal Fox. My yeah, I should probably mention that, yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to share a bit more about your like personal journey yeah, into um, money and financial stuff and how you really got into sharing that online? Yeah, definitely. So, it started off, um, I guess my mum was quite a big influence growing up because we never really went anywhere unless we like Google first and tried to find some money off for it or she was always um, at the forefront of making sure we were on a good budget growing up and all this kind of thing. So being like talking about money and being financially aware was something that I grew up with. And I, as an adult, I've learned that not everybody does grow up with that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, from a young age, I was sort of aware that there was always a budget in the house. 
and I don't think enough parents really talk about that because your kids should know the reason that you don't go out and spend lots of money and not just that they're, you know, being bad or anything. And then I went to uh, uni in London where I was very poor and a student and had like no money and you learn to have a life because if you don't, you, you just you don't go anywhere. So you learn to find how to live in London on a budget as a student. And then when I got my first job that paid above minimum wage, I still just kind of lived like I was poor. Like I had my student loan and I had credit card debt and I had my overdraft. And although it was nowhere near as bad as some people that I've spoken to, it was always hanging over me. So when I was able to earn some more money, I was I just kept putting that away and doing my best to like pay it all off because I, I didn't think you could really build up savings until you pay off your backlog. And then when I lived in London, I met my partner and he's from Staffordshire. And when we were ready to move in together, he said to me, well, look, we can live in London and like, have no money um, or we can go live up in the Midlands and have money. And I was like, oh, well, well, not much of a choice. Let's move away. So we moved up to Stoke, where I live now. And then we kind of lived like we sort of still didn't, like we, we had more money coming in, but we spent it, which was sort of like the wrong way around. And then when we decided we wanted to buy a house, we needed we decided we needed to knuckle down. And then that was the point that I started the blog because it was always a bit like the awkward grown up sensible one growing up. And I sort of found my people online this kind of money bloggers group of people that were proud to be talking about the kind of money that they had coming in and going out and being proud of the savings. And I thought, yeah, this is really awesome. But like I said, there was a lot that was about, you know, eating rice and beans and lentils and just living on a pound a day and as little as possible. And that wasn't really quite what I wanted to talk about. So we ramped up our savings. We got engaged. We started saving for a house. We did eventually buy a house and just all while that was going on, I thought, well, yeah, let's talk about this and try and inspire some people to get their finances in order, but not just scrimp as much possible, but still live your life. I think it's really interesting what you said about your parents, because I think a lot of people don't think about the fact that they've learned, they've learned how to approach money. Like, yeah. money, like money is something just like work or relationships or your attitude to anything a lot of it is molded around like what you saw modeled to you growing up exactly and if you see your parents just spending and spending and you know getting a car on finance and moving to bigger and better homes like those of my friends that have parents like that those are the ones that you know they don't have the best um attitude towards money because money is always there whether it's credit money or whatever or mum and dad's money there's always money there whereas if you grow up in a house where mum and dad say you can't have this but it's because you had this a month ago you go okay I get that yeah it's really interesting and interesting for parents to think about how they can positively impact their children and also for like adults like us now who might mm. be struggling with certain things actually taking a step back to consider where that comes from very deep and probably would involve <laughs> therapy but <laughs> for sure yeah yeah right that's a really great story and I love that your approach to being savvy is about enjoying yourself yeah it's um, not just spending as little as possible and because to me it's a bit like a diet like if you um 
throw it all at the wall and you know eat as little as possible or go running every night like you're gonna burn out and it's the same with money like if you save and save and save and you don't allow yourself any treats or anything like that you'll burn out and you'll end up just like a diet like binging the opposite way and I speak from personal experience and friends experience it just doesn't work so for me like being savvy about this stuff it's a balance yeah and I think with savings and money money is a means to an end and yeah. if you if there's things in your life that you prioritize and that genuinely make you happy say like making sure that you have really nice food in the fridge or you really value going out with your friends at the weekend it's allowing that into yeah. your budget in a way that works for you and your financial circumstances isn't it exactly and i think um you know you talk about going out with your friends i think there's um it depends on the friendship group obviously but there's sometimes quite an an ugly association with being the friend that um wants to not go out when everybody else wants to which is not fun to be the person that says no i want to save but like rather like go out with your friends save elsewhere or suggest to your friends why don't you all come over and we'll have like an old school sleepover or something like just find alternate ways to still do the things you want to do without reverting to the activity that costs you the most kind of money yeah yeah I agree and it goes back to the whole like actually talking about money because I think a lot of people have shame or just not great feelings around money so they almost feel they would almost feel embarrassed to say that to their friends whereas I feel quite lucky that me and my best friends, for example, have quite an open relationship. We're all quite aware of how the others are doing financially. So we Mm -hmm. would feel comfortable to say, I'm, you know, cutting back this month because X, Y, Z. Can we just have a night in? And they'd be like, absolutely, that's fine. Yeah, and I think you're probably, um, like you say, you're very lucky because I don't think that's the norm. Maybe with this um, sort of newer generation of adults maybe so but growing up I was definitely old before my time and sensible and that's not very cool like no one wants to be that person in the group um but yeah I wish more people spoke about it because there's no shame in it and a lot of my friends will kind of go oh I've got 50 quid till payday and then like laugh and I'm, I'm like this I know you can laugh it off but like that's not good like do you want some help <laughs> yeah yeah, I know. And it's almost... Okay, so we're going to dive into practical stuff later for anyone really wanting that. Yeah. But I do want to like go in, down this rabbit hole here because I think that notion of, you know, spending, spending, spending and these, like, memes of when it's payday and you spend, you know, and you're going out yeah. and you and you you know, fancy new coat or you've got all these shopping bags all these like cute little gifts and memes and things that people share on social media I'm sure you have seen it yeah yeah yeah, I know what you mean and then like everyone's laughing but you feel a bit like a stick in the mud because you're saying well hold on (laughs) yeah that's really bad um and brands are like brands are jumping on board with it obviously especially like fast fashion you know like really budget brands and just saying basically using that like fun like glamorized version to sell their shit (laughs) yeah that's that's pretty much what it is and yeah it's it's quite sad like I have a 16 year old niece and I just worry about the kind of consumerism world that she's growing up in because you know it's 
for me, it's like if I want the pair of Vans trainers or something, I want them because I want them. But she might want them because all of her friends have got them and because social media is telling her to get them. And it's okay to not have any money or go to your parents uh, for the fifth time in the month for some money and laugh it off. And like I say, it's not a very cool um, subject, but like it, it really genuinely worries me that this is what the um, next generation is growing up in, that it's okay to uh, spend all your money and eat beans for the month. Yeah. So on from that then, what, what else do you think social media is impacting when it comes to our finances? Like what, are you, what do you think you're seeing more and more when it comes to this notion of everyone sort of making light of the fact that they have no money but they're still spending it all and this whole notion of comparison as well? Well, this is where I sort of get on my high horse and probably piss some people off, but um, <laughs> I think... I th- I think obviously I know a lot of bloggers and I blog you blog probably know hundreds. I think it falls on the responsibility of the blogger because as a blogger you cultivate a network of people that care about your opinion and if you or I or anyone turns around and says buy this because we might be being paid to be told to buy it we're betraying the trust of the people that value the opinion. So I think if you've if you've stood up and made a blog for yourself and said, look, my opinion is worth something, and then a company... Because I, I don't know if, if your listeners really know much about sponsored posts or anything, but maybe we should just divulge quickly what, you know, sponsored posts and gifted um, products are. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a couple of ways you can make money as a blogger, but what I'm going to be mainly talking about is the the sponsored post, which is where a company will pay you to talk about their service or product, basically. And my issue is within social media, I think that there's a lot of um, products and services being reviewed that are harmful mentally in terms of your image um, and how you uh, need to have this in order to feel good and also impacts your wallet because if you're spending money on you know a waist trainer or something then you've spent you know 50 80 quid or something and you feel crap about yourself and yet somebody told you to buy it because somebody paid them to tell you to buy it and yeah it just makes me sad the amount of sponsored posts that I see that I'm like why why is that helpful to your your readers and if you've got a kind of if you've got a fitness blog and you're talking about fitness products that's fine and if you've got a lifestyle blog and you're talking about the best restaurants in Manchester, that's fine. But it's the it's the out of left field sponsored post, the one that kind of just is it's so bizarre, like a teeth whitening cream. And you just like, oh, OK, well, that's a lot of money. And you know that there's a lot of people that are buying it. And I think it's very ugly to go on social media and see sponsored post after sponsored post of stuff that's being sold to you. And if you're not being like inspired positively or entertained on social media, you're being sold to. And that just makes me quite sad that there's these bloggers that have sort of just taken money and trying to sell sponsored crap to people. Yeah. Does yeah. so that make sense? I feel like I'm rambling. No, no, it's it's a good ramble. It's a yeah. it's a passionate ramble. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and I think. Like, do you get do you get sponsored posts? I mean, I know you get them, but do you get random ones being offered to you? Because I oh, get yeah. 
ones and you just go why would my readers care about a like eye mask filled with cucumber water or something <laughs> it's like have you read what I'm talking about I'm talking about not buying crap yeah I think the thing with that is it's a trend isn't it so it feels like overnight 10,000 like charcoal tooth whitening things <laughs> pop up or like 10,000 waist training brands or skinny coffee or tea that makes you shit your pants like (laughs) it'll just pop up overnight and it's though it's those things that are clearly like a buzzword or a trend and it just seems like every single ex-love islander is advertising it overnight yeah no offense to love island (laughs) as if they're listed whatever they can just yeah but um (laughs) My uh, my best friend came up to me a few months ago and she was like, if I buy another skinny coffee or a waist trainer or a magic pill, she was like, smack me. And I was like, okay. Um, just because she's a smart woman. She's a smart, wonderful, beautiful woman. But she like, she's just as susceptible as all of us are. And that's what makes me worry about the younger generation because I think me and you can spot this crap when we see it. But I'm not sure everyone can. And it's not fair on the influencer let's say or blogger um i don't I, I think it's our responsibility to make sure we're not peddling crap um yeah. her self-esteem and like we say um you know your wallet yeah yeah because because i did want to add to this i i'm conflicted on this issue because well not on these specific products because they are just bs <laughs> yeah. but i'm conflicted on this issue in general because uh, like one one side of me thinks you know pe- if people really want to spend their money like technically they can spend their money on what they want and what makes them happy and if it makes there's part of me that thinks if it makes them happy like just let them get on with it or there's part there's a part of me that says you know these young women or young men or whoever they are are like making money online and building a business and like that's part of their livelihood and how do they balance that responsibility with still making a living but then part of me like completely agrees with you so I think I think there's just a huge educational gap between what um like for for a start what what is a sponsored post and what that all means and, you know, I think that's getting much, much better with all the ASA guidelines and stuff now. And hopefully people see, like... Yeah, exactly. it's still just guidelines. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, yeah. more and more influencers are declaring it and being quite clear that they've been paid to say that. But equally, I think, I think the sh- the, there is more and more people cropping up online now who are educating people about these crappy, like, marketing tactics that... Uh, the product isn't actually effective anyway and they're the influencers who when you know when they do work with a brand I I trust them and I know that it's a good product yeah I think what it comes down to with the conflict for me is I've got no issue with sponsored posts in general it's the blog did money to talk about something that maybe they don't believe in themselves like that's the line where I think I don't like it so I guess it depends on the product like I said if you've got a fitness blog and you're talking about um gym wear and things like that like obviously that's fantastic because that's your demographic it's the 
like say the Love Island and the peddling and the random stuff that I've got an, an issue with really but not in general sponsored posts are great it's a great way to make money and be you know really say grow your brand and everything it's the when they step over to the dark side and accept some money to peddle some random stuff at you yeah I think that's the line yeah I agree we're, we're in agreement on that yeah so, one thing you mentioned in our like email exchange before we came on the podcast is this idea of influencers almost selling a lifestyle to people and this very sort of picture perfect very filtered very edited very curated um look at their quote-unquote perfect life and how that how that's you know making people spend more but Mm -hmm. ultimately negatively impacting people and their mental health and just feeling like they're not good enough if they don't have this perfect holiday or this perfect car or this perfect outfit yeah which I think listening to your podcast before it seems to be a bit of a running theme of what people want to talk about is that lifestyle that doesn't really exist or maybe exists for like an extremely small percent of the world but I know bloggers who have stayed in like Ibises in Paris and then gone and taken a picture outside a big grand hotel as if they were staying there. That's insane. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm laughing it off, but you know, that stays with me and I'm thinking like, I'm never going to believe anything you write again. (laughs) Because again, it's like, why can't you just say, hey, I stayed in an Ibis, but then I was able to save money and I went out for this amazing meal in Paris. Like where's, where's the shame in just saying that I saved money, but it's it's that they're shameful about it. Like, don't be. It's fantastic that you saved money. You know, we're a nation of people who love charity shops and buying things off eBay and saving money, but it's it's that Instagram, almost Americanized world of, I'm only going to show you the perfect, and that's just not, not true. And yeah. everyone knows it's not true, and yet we all still follow these accounts. Um, again my personal line is if you've got something if you post a picture of you and you look incredible and you've got you know the latest designer bag and jeans and all that stuff that's great but if you're saying substance behind it and you're talking about something that's amazing then yay wonderful I want to follow you but if you're posting picture after picture after picture of just you looking great with the latest clothing and you know shopping at the latest the best brands and going to the holiday destinations and everything it's it, like you say it's, it's it's given out this world of um a fake lifestyle yeah and i don't i think they get billed as inspirational accounts but who can really live like that who who actually can do that besides the people who probably aren't on instagram and are actually out enjoying their life yeah and it's so surface level as well. One one of my favourite bloggers who is American is called um, Lauren from The Skinny Confidential. I don't know if you've seen her online. She's uh, a good one to follow. Cause I'm going to have a look while you're trying. She's a blogger, but she also talks about business and blogging and the industry overall. And mm-hmm. she, yeah, she's very much of that mindset that, you know these gorgeous girls are trying to be like up up and coming now and it's just all surface level 
they're literally just posting like beautiful pictures of themselves and their body and their bikini and their new outfit and swipe up swipe up swipe fucking up on my instagram stories and buy all of the shit that i'm wearing (laughs) and she was like you're not offering she said you're not offering people anything like what are they actually getting out of that there's no longevity to it as a career no and it just feels like wasted energy wasted energy on their part wasted energy on our part for following them and being part of the problem it's just like we're all just following these gorgeous people great but that i i isn't something that um is necessarily health healthy for us to look at as people because we see that and then we look at our own lives naturally and we go well i don't look that good in a bikini and i'm not going on holiday to that destination and it makes you feel like crap so what what good is it serving? You can't attain the lifestyle because it's unreasonable and it makes you feel your lifestyle is worse. Yeah. I just don't get who it's serving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bronze who they're being sponsored yeah. by probably. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's I mean. if you if you're accepting sponsored posts or you're being paid by a brand, why not use that opportunity to spread some good I mean again I sound on my high horse and everything but but why not use that to talk about something that's interesting that you've done or whatnot but just like you say a picture of you looking beautiful in a bikini it's like well great what am I doing with that yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) going back to finances as well oh yeah I I'm wondering how much people are missing in terms of this education like we said you know do the younger generation are they seeing information about saving and you know investing and the power of like let's say the import financial wise the benefits of investing in property and having your own mortgage versus spending all of your money on like a fancy car lease that you probably can't afford anyway and I just wonder whether I just you know I'm glad there's people like you online who are talking about this kind of stuff openly because it is hard to talk about money online especially when you're talking about personal circumstances but I don't know I just hope that it's balanced by an element of education from people like you so young people know that like it's it's good to save money and it's you know if if you do want to maybe settle down and have kids in the future like you should be putting money away to hopefully make sure you can have like a nice house in a nice area and all this kind of stuff (laughs) I just think everyone is so focused on this Instagram lifestyle that it's not only negative it's it's not only negatively impacting our mental health but our financial health and like our credit score and all that kind of stuff which will have a lasting impact on people definitely um i think definitely when i was in school there was you know fuck all about um financial education literally nothing um i spoke spoke to my niece about it a few weeks ago and she said that they they get a bit but it's like an hour every couple of weeks or something about it um but no I don't think that we as a country really prioritize it and we're talking about the social media stuff and there might be some people listening saying well what harm really does it do 
And it's like, well, if that takes up space when there could be people talking about more important things such as mental health or financial um, education, then yeah, it does it does do harm because I think we should fill our feeds full of people who are talking about this kind of stuff and learning. But I don't have the answer. It definitely depresses me that there's a bunch of people who are going to grow up without knowing anything and they're going to get a car on finance and they're going to spend all their money and there's nothing that we can do about it besides keep talking about it and hoping that the the shift will change in this country yeah and I think the bloggers and influencers who are going to survive are the ones going past I I hope are the ones (laughs) that are going past the surface level anyway and you know I keep mentioning Lauren from The Skinny Confidential. She is great to follow, by the way. Everyone should follow her. <laughs> I really want to get her on the podcast one day. <laughs> but she's, like, massive, so I'd <laughs> just little old me, like, sliding into her DMs. <laughs> Putting it one out minute. into the universe. But anyway, you know, she, if you came across her account, you'd think, oh, she's, you know, just an influencer. She's an American girl, blonde, gorgeous, like... Yeah, well, I I looked her up while you were talking, and that is sort of first impression. But yeah, but like if you if you actually listen to a podcast and read a blog, she's talking about finance, she's talking about health, she's talking about business, and she. I think young women, especially, need those role models who almost like suck them in with the stuff they want to (laughs) see. Like they want to know what makeup you're using, they want to know your skincare routine, which is great. Like. I love all that kind of stuff but they're also like listen girls like do you know you have to work really hard and earn money and make sure you get all this stuff yeah yeah it's a balance it is it's a balance it's like anything in life and I really hope there's more people like that that are coming up and talking about it because like you say it's not easy to talk about especially personal finances like you say and what I do online is I have no filter like I don't really care but my partner doesn't really want me talking about like exact money like we have x in the bank so what I tend to do is say things like um of my pay I saved x percent or I were x percent towards our mortgage goal or whatever it was and that you know that's enough that's enough to say I'm working towards it I'm putting it out there you don't have to say I've got you know three thousand pounds sitting in the bank and I want to get to 5,000 by June or, you know, you don't have to say those numbers. You just have to talk a little bit about it and be aware that um, people won't judge you for it. Or, you know, some people might, but don't listen to them. No one who matters will judge you for it. Yeah. And I think if, if that shift is going to change in future generations, we have to just ignore the embarrassment about talking about it or the very British like oh it's impolite to talk about money like we have to we have to push through those boundaries and that taboo to have a positive impact the wonderful thing is when you take yourself like say you've got a friendship group where everyone's buying the latest designer stuff and you're just not like that when you take yourself out of it they will stop um including you in it In, in a good way they they won't keep um pushing you to go out shopping or whatnot they will know you're the friend that they can go to and talk to when they've got no money at the end of the month and they're the you know they'll come up to you and say can you can you help me maybe put a budget in place like it's not very cool to be that person in the friendship group but it's 
it's very helpful and I find just talking about it in the past 12 months of doing this blog is people in my personal life come up to me and they say oh you'll never guess what I saved on this and you'll oh I've managed to save this and I've stopped spending on that and they become really proud to tell you about all the stuff that they're saving on and working towards and it's a very slow shift but it's not a bad person to be in the friendship group or the the family it's nice when people come up to you and say those things yeah no I agree I am fully in the sensible friend category Mm. always about everything like people come when I come home from a night out with my friend that I remember a few weeks ago she she was like oh, I'm glad I'm with you because I'll be sensible tonight like I won't, <laughs> I won't drink as much and we probably won't stay out as late I bet you felt cool oh like I remember one of my friends used to say to me I always want to go home and eat really healthy when I've spent time with you <laughs> I just think I am literally boring in every category of life but it's you know I think it's it it is nice to have a positive impact on people people and just make people feel more aware and conscious of their choices yeah and like I say there's nothing feels better than when they come up to you and say I've saved a hundred pounds this month and you're like well done you know you have a little nerdy moment where you're happy together about something really small but it's it's cute and it's nice when you can be that person for everybody else but you won't start off being very um cool it will take a while to get there yeah (laughs) but it's okay it's nice to be that person for everybody um and then they know that you're there when they are ready to make a change (laughs) yeah so let's jump into practical stuff yeah um i want to know your tips so if someone is gonna sit down and maybe write out a budget or just think about cutting back on things that aren't necessary yeah but they also want to prioritize the things that they really like to do within their budget like how do you go about basically what you said at the beginning you know enjoying life like enjoying yourself and still reaching your savings goals or whatever else? Yeah, I think, um, first of all, even sitting down and deciding to make a budget is incredible because you're already ahead of so many other people. And then I'll talk about more practical advice, but also amending the budget as you go. So if something's not sustainable, don't beat yourself up over it. Like Just allow yourself a little bit more wiggle room and bring it down in the future if you want to. So it's also setting the budget and it's also reviewing it every couple of months and making sure you can actually do that. Again, like a diet. If you can't stick to that, don't beat yourself up over it. Um, I would say write down what's important to you. So I love going to the theatre and it's not the cheapest hobby, but I'll find ways to do it for less, like getting last-minute tickets or buying um, cards that give you discounts on you know shows things like that um but but figure out what it is that's important to you so for instance I like to keep healthy but I won't pay for the gym I'll just go for a run now and instantly that's saving 30 pounds a month or you could look at say uh sky and say do I need sky let's maybe change to Netflix or something like that So it's about taking your subscriptions and seeing if there's an alternate way to do them. Something that you're used to paying for, but finding a cheaper way. Just getting those habits. So instead of um, buying a coffee every morning at the train station, like take a 
a flask with you it'll be pennies compared to what you'd be spending at the train station and while well, I go to the train station every morning but you know on your way to work and cook at home rather than go to restaurants but if restaurants are important to you find go out and buy like a taste card which gives you you know it's 30 pounds a year and it gives you two for one off on all the big chains so if you want to go to like a chain restaurant or something they'll they'll probably accept it there might be restrictions like on certain days of the week or whatnot but it's still better to have that and buying rail cards instead of paying full price on trains so I think knowledge is power with budgeting and there's so many resources and blogs and just Pinterest and things like that where if you just just start looking around you might just find a cheaper way of doing something that you already do yeah That's, that's the point it's getting the knowledge of say well I didn't know that kind of card existed that got me money off restaurants I'll ask for one for Christmas or something yeah and it's it's like finding areas of compromise isn't it and give and take so like you say if restaurants are really important to you like I know me and Adam spend a lot of money on food just Mm -hmm. because that's like I'd consider that a hobby like cooking new food trying new restaurants like it's just not something we would personally be able to really scrimp on and I just we just like eating well so there's other areas like I'm not that bothered about going I don't really go clubbing or like go out out a lot so even if I go out for drinks on a Friday I'll literally have like two gin and tonics and then I'm done and I can easily just drink water for the rest of the night yeah yeah get you so it or, or if you you know if you want to go out to restaurants or you want to go out out like with your friends once a month or whatever maybe you don't pay for the gym and you go for a run like you say so it's just just compromise and what works for me won't work for you and that's totally fine but you talk about going out for restaurants like my mum uh the queen of like coupons and discount codes and budgets like she loves uh fine dining so her and my dad will go out and think nothing of dropping £300 on an 11-course meal at some Michelin-star restaurant. I think that's, like, crazy. But she won't... She doesn't have any other hobbies. Like, she won't spend her money on lots of other things as well as that. She'll save and do that every sort of 10 or 12 months, and that'll be it. So it's all about finding what your thing is and paying for that. So if you love travel, great. Go travel, but maybe save on other areas so then you can go travel yeah yeah it's just the, finding it. what's important to you I think and I think that's where the sort of self-awareness and intuition comes in and maybe the social media is pushed aside like if you feel like certain people are making you feel like you want things or almost triggering you to make impulse purchases or whatever else maybe just like unfollow those people or even just mentally put that aside whilst you're budgeting to think about oh actually I've you know always wanted to go here on holiday and I've not made it happen yet so if I stop buying like random crap from someone's Instagram Mm -hmm. then I might actually be able to get there if you can map out like a savings plan in that way as well yeah there's a couple of um tips the one is I think it's called the stranger test but if you were thinking about buying something and a stranger was stood in front of you with um, the item in one hand you know new 
coat or something and like the equivalent of cash in the other hand and said which one do you want you might look at it and say well I really want the coat but actually if I could take 60 quid and put it towards my next holiday I actually think I'd take the cash and if you would take the cash in that instance then don't buy the coat or whatever it is and that mentality has stopped me buying so much crap in the past year when I've like picked something up at Zara and gone oh I do love that but I think I'd rather have the 15 quid sitting in my account yeah like, that saved me loads um and then also I think just if you another taking that idea one step further is if you successfully don't buy something when you feel the urge to buy it is put that equivalent of money in your savings account as if you had bought it and it's gone out your current account and then if you looked at the end of the month and you've got you know 200 quid sitting in there you might be like, well, that's usually the kind of money I would just spend on crap that would sit in my bedroom or something. But you've got it and you've still got it and you can put it towards that holiday or that restaurant or whatever you want to do. Yeah. And then when you buy things that are considered and you do really want and need, like if your coat is falling apart and you want that new coat, you appreciate it so much more since doing not everyone has to do like a capsule wardrobe but since doing that sort of concept and embracing that I just love my clothes so much more and I love getting a new item of clothing because I know that even like every season I might get one or two things and I just appreciate those things so much because I know I genuinely want and potentially need them and you just it's about valuing your things I think valuing the things that you have and not necessarily just looking for the gaps of things that you don't have yet Mm -hmm. and I I got this app where I took a photo of all my clothing and I don't don't recommend everyone has to do this it's just something I did because it was important to me is I took a picture of all my clothing and then you can organize it by like category and whatnot and then when I look at it I was like actually I don't actually have a decent coat and I don't actually have a decent pair of like long leg boots for winter because I'm, I'm walking around town in like tiny uh, perforated trainers that are like freezing and stuff. Or I've got like work heels or something. So I was like, you know what, looking at that and analyzing what you've already got, you can say, well, I've got, I've got 12 jumpers. Do I need 12? No, let's donate some let's, or sell them. Let's get rid of them. And then you can say, and I do need a decent coat. And then when you go shopping with a friend, you can say, well, my mission is to get a coat and nothing else. Yeah. And I think there's also an um, an idea with blogging about money that people think that I think that the cheapest is the best, but that's like mm. not true at all. And if you're going to buy some, something like a coat that's long-standing, I would I would not mind dropping £100 on it if it meant it was going to last me 10 years. Oh, exactly, yeah. But, but me, maybe from 20... 12 or something when I was just learning about this stuff I was like oh well let's go to Primark and buy one for eight pounds but then I would get rid of it by summer because it was tatty and old and rubbish and falling apart so being frugal isn't just buying the cheapest thing it's buying the best value for money so just because it's cheap it doesn't mean that it's bad quality but just because it's expensive it doesn't mean it's good quality either it's finding that product in the middle that's the good value for money yeah and especially recently it's just such a hot topic isn't it sustainability and you know being more eco-friendly with fashion because like you say 
it's so easy to buy cheap clothes and just think, oh, it's okay, because I'll just get another one next month or I'll just get another one next season. Yeah. And it's all, like, it's all good. Like, I'll just chuck it. <laughs> yeah, and I bet before doing your capsule wardrobe, that's probably how you thought, because it was how I thought. Yeah. For like, sure. I, I, mean, I educate myself. I used to love going into, you know, nothing against Primark. I love Primark. And it's I still perfect. buy... I still yeah. buy clothes from Primark in this context that we talked about before. Just because something's from Primark doesn't mean it's necessarily going to fall apart. But I, going back to the money thing and investing in a good quality piece, I, when I was younger, I would rather go into Primark and drop 50 quid, like 70 quid on loads of stuff <laughs> than, yeah. than go into Zara or... I don't know, mango or somewhere like that and spend 70 quid on one thing that might be like ten like a lot better quality and last longer. And do you know what? I still struggle with that, even though I'm totally educated on this subject. I still want to go in and buy, like you say, 50 items for 50 pounds as opposed to one item because there's something about quantity that you think is better. And... I still make the mistake with Christmas presents. I'll still buy, you know, somebody 10 presents of, of less over one really good thing because there's something about quantity that makes you feel like it's better, but it's not. And that I need to remember that every time I go shopping. And it is hard for me to be uh, budget conscious and drop a large wad of money on, like you say, a coat or a pair of boots or something. But I know deep down if they're going to last me 10, 15 years – that is better than buying the cheapest pair I can possibly find and then them falling apart by summer. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good to mention just because it's so easy to fall into the just scrimping and saving on everything, mm-hmm. but that can actually have a negative impact in the future anyway because I commented on your Instagram this morning, I don't know whether you saw it. The makeup thing, okay. So I'm definitely biased because I am a makeup artist by trade. But I think that women, you know, and men, waste a lot of money on makeup because we go to Boots and it's like, oh, it's three for two. Like, may as well get three things and try all three. Or we'll go, you know, we'll ask online what's the best, whatever, um, the best foundation for someone else, as you mentioned in the caption, is going to be like horrible on your skin. It's yeah. just—it's so individual. And I think the 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 good thing about high end makeup is you can go and try it on in store, and they're often very willing to let you try it on. You know, let you have a really good look at it, even let you like leave the store and go and walk around and go on with your day, and then consider it and go back for the purchase if you want it. Mm-hmm. Like if you really like that foundation and you've spent 30, 35 quid on it, you'd probably buy three, four bottles of cheap foundation from Boots and not like them all. So you've spent the same amount of money, but you've got a foundation that you really like. That's exactly it. And like you said, and it's, all, it's, it's a lot harder than just clothing or something as well. Because like you say, it's, what looks good on you can look crap on me and vice versa. But yeah, it's about finding the best product for the price. So like you say, spending 30 to 50 quid on a good foundation that's going to last you like six, maybe more months, depending on how much you wear it. 
and not just falling for those deals. I mean, when I, I can say I'm very budget, budget conscious, but when I moved house back in June and I went through all my drawers, because we, we had a spare room, so we just used it as like a vanity room full of clothes and makeup and stuff. And um, when I cleared that room out, I was aghast by how much um, toiletries and makeup that I actually had. And I put it on my Instagram of me just like surrounded by piles and piles of just naff stuff. And I just don't know how I got to that point. Like I'm a smart woman. Like how did I get this much rubbish? And it was, I'm not joking. It was eight big plastic tubs and like three drawers full of just crap of makeup and toiletries and all this stuff unopened, unused because I would just go out and buy something like you say, cause it was on offer or because it was, um, three for two or something like that. And you just end up with, I had, I had 50 lipsticks. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm not really. that into makeup. Like you are, I had 50 lipsticks and I, I probably used like 12 maximum. It's like, how did I end up like this? First step for everything, like you doing your um, capsule wardrobe. There was a day where you sat down and probably said, "I'm going to do this," and it's that first step for everything, whether it's a budget, capsule wardrobe, makeup, decluttering, going low waste, whatever you do. You just need that day where you say, "Yeah, I'm going to do this," and I'm going to really not care what people think or judge me. I'm just going to go for it. Yeah, and I just want to push people to find that day. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they'll feel inspired after listening to this. I just feel like I've rambled a lot. <laughs> no, I have to. Okay. Back to that, I think it's finding where you can like scrimp and where you can where you can save and where you can where you're better off spending and investing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So even in in the kitchen, and I think this is where like experts come in. So if a makeup artist is telling you, I really recommend that you just invest in foundation almost everything else you can get great products in boots mm-hmm. uh, you know someone i love following is Gemma wade um she's great with like what pans to invest in because if you buy a really great pan you'll have it for life exactly and it but then she'll be like oh de- i get this 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 and this at aldi in my weekly shop so mm-hmm. it's it's knowing what what's easy to buy cheap and is still going to be good quality and you know passable and what to invest in isn't it in anything like food yeah makeup clothes home stuff exactly and i would say with clothing you know invest in the coat and the shoes and a good quality bag and a good pair of jeans and things like that um have i missed anything else i would say those things are the most important because they're they're actually they serve a purpose beyond fashion like they stop you getting cold so invest in and the bag obviously it has to be not fall apart when you put loads of rubbish in it as all women do and yeah i would say for example looking at wardrobe those are the things you need to invest decent quality and then everything else buy what you want yeah say with the kitchen invest in some good pans and things like that and then buy like yeah exactly and then buy some like wooden ladles from Poundland because oh, they like were- really cute Sainsbury's home like cutlery and plates <laughs> that are going to be much more affordable than like anthropology or somewhere like that yeah which I just don't understand how they're in business and that, that sounds really horrible but like 
no one I know would go and, and drop 50 pounds on a cutlery set but they must have a consumer base of people yeah. that, that because it's 50 pounds it must be amazing and function somehow better than my my fork from Mazda my philosophy around this is like with everything we've said if you for me it's if you have the money to spend on that and that item is going to make you happy and you genuinely just want it and you know you have that money in your account to spend like go for it enjoy those really expensive forks (laughs) but (laughs) if you're trying to save or if you have if you want to get a mortgage in the next few years or if you have something big that you need to save for or maybe your credit score's bad or your financial situation means that you'd be better off not spending 50 quid on some knives and forks then maybe don't spend that money it's i i wouldn't want to shame someone for their choices just because like you say with you like going back to your example of your mom like to her that experience is worth that money so if something is worth the value that they're spending it on and they have the money and they're not putting themselves in a bad financial situation by doing that then by all means but it's the people who actually can't afford that stuff but feel like they should buy it anyway that we're talking to here isn't it you're absolutely right but I think with that first batch of people the ones that can afford I still would ask the question to them if they're already listening is um does does that does that actually make you happy and I don't mean that condescending I mean like I um I see people buy things even though they have the money and they get home and then they just like forget about it and I want to kind of push anybody no matter what their income to say I know you can afford that and that is fantastic but what makes you happy deep down and that might be traveling or something else other than you know buying and consuming like it's not just about if you don't have the money it's like like I could go out and buy a 50 quid set of forks right now I have that that money in my account but it would not make me happy and I I want to open that discussion and say even if you have the money should you be spending like for instance I'm getting married next year and I could afford a massive wedding but like I I don't want one yeah yeah very true I feel like we've had a great discussion today (laughs) before we head into the quick round Mm -hmm. do you have maybe like your share your top three tips for being really savvy with money that almost everyone can take away from this episode whatever they like to spend their money on um yes certainly i would say um look to see if there's a better value for money option than what you're already doing so whether or not like i say that's uh getting the bus over getting an uber or getting um cheaper uh i don't know plates over what you're already buying you know find an alternate version um i would say also look at um there are certain cards like i mentioned the taste card earlier uh where you pay for something but it gets you a better return so a rail card for example they're just about to launch the 26 to 30 rail card um which means that if you're age 26 to 30 you'll get a third off all travel and it's £30 for the year, so £190 train journey, you've already made your money back. Yeah, because I've been to, down to London 
Um, I'll I'll have been down to London three times this year, and I'll have already like made a profit on my real card just from exactly. just from those three trips. That doesn't include like short trips to Manchester and back. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, find cheaper versions. Well, not cheaper versions. Find better value for money versions of what you're already doing. I would say. Secondly, invest in things um, that get you money back in the future. So, like a. Um, um, Gourmet society card, taste card, rail card, something like that. And finally, don't be quiet about the issues because if you are vocal about your money and how you are turning a corner and budgeting, it might be really amazing of who turns around to you and says, yeah, me too, and you end up finding some amazing activity together to socialise with that you normally would have gone shopping just because that's what girls do when they get together yeah um but instead maybe you come home and you bake a cake together and listen to music and have a glass of wine like i don't know but something that's a lot cheaper than what you would have done by default yeah which which is the main thing we're all doing this by default because that's what gives us short-term happiness but it's looking at long-term happiness and maybe saving for a big holiday or or a wedding or a deposit on a house you have to deny yourself short-term happiness and find alternate ways to be happy um, without spending as much money. Yeah, and it's better for the planet. So and you'll, feel, you'll feel dead smoke knowing that you've not bought loads of random crap clothes. That's it. <laughs> What's your go-to self-care ritual after a long, stressful day? Oh, I'm just happy to be home, to be honest. But I think it's... Um, I play a lot of video games. Um... So I love coming home and playing a video game. But I think it's whatever you're um, starved of for the day. So if you, um, sorry, I know these are meant to be like quick fire ones, but like if, you, if you've if you had a busy day at work doing lots and lots of stressful um, meetings and things like that, you might just want to come home and sit in front of the TV and watch uh, pff, Naked Attraction or some rubbish on TV. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's fine. Um, and if you've had a, a slob doing nothing day you might want to come home and play like some video games or something and get your mental juices flowing so whatever whatever makes me just switch off in the evenings really my partner he makes me switch off in a good way I I love him because he makes me not be in my work head the minute I work it walking through the door you know he does that for me that's good so I don't have to (laughs) (laughs) second question is what's challenging you to leave your comfort zone recently Oh, blogging, hundred percent. Like the the stuff I've done outside my little comfort box in the past year has been amazing. Like going to uh, the, like the award ceremony things and going to meetups and walking in a room full of strangers and just being like, "Hello!" Like that's so uncomfortable. Um, but give give me sort of thirty minutes and I'm fine. Um, having photos taken of me, I hate that. But for the blog, you've got to take photos because you have to be a voice behind. Yeah the blog so I don't know how you are with that but I, I was dead uncomfortable at the start having somebody just take my picture yeah definitely yeah and just just going to new places you know getting on a train and, and going somewhere that you've not been because there's a meetup or something like that so for sure blogging in the past year has done more for me than I guess any other hobby has that's great third question is what are your goals for 2019 um just get married on a budget really <laughs> I'm not get married you know just a small goal (laughs) no no I'm already getting married but get married on a budget which is actually a lot harder than you think because everything by default is expensive yeah that's true 
you have to get really creative. And I've, di- I've discovered that what you save in money, you kind of make up for in like your time and stress levels. Yeah. So it's really easy to make, well, not easy, but it's, it's cheaper to make a like plastic bouquet of flowers that looks really nice but you'll spend hours in front of the TV making it and making it wrong first and figuring out how to do it right and looking up Pinterest tutorials. And in those moments, that expensive bouquet that's just ready to be picked up on the day sure looks quite good. But you have to just go, no, it's fine. I'm doing this on a budget. So just getting married on a budget and not spending all of our money on that would be really good. And just keep growing the blog, really. Get to a point where uh, sort of it's more... um, more grown than it is because I think that's you always have to keep moving um the goalposts for yourself in a healthy way just keep pushing yourself forward exciting and do you have a resource that you'd recommend like maybe what are your go-to financial like money resources well I there's a group um called UK money bloggers and we have a private Facebook group but there is a website as well with a blog on it and all the bloggers are on there and everything. I would say just start following some of them because they range from what I'm talking about, which is like lifestyle budgets, um, down to like how to actually make money sitting at home. It's it's incredible to some of the stuff that these people are doing. So I would say start there. Um, and then personally, I just use you know Pinterest, um, Google, just asking friends anything that. You know, your friend might say some, might suggest something to do for the two of you that you would never have thought of. So just be open to chatting to anybody or googling an alternative to, you know, can I save money on train fares? You know, just being open and getting it from a variety of places because what I might have on my blog, blog might not work for you, but what somebody else might have might do, and that's great. Whatever you're doing, as long as you're getting towards your goals. Finally, then, where can people go to follow and support you online? Well, I'm normally found on Instagram. <laughs> That's my like thing. I think uh, I find Instagram quite um, easy to interact with people and talk to. And I like challenging myself to take nice pictures and things like that. So my Instagram is The Frugal Fox. You can follow me on there. Then the website, I always wanted it to be something that was applicable to anybody. So I don't say I went to this place and I saved money. I say, this is how you can save money if you want to go do this. So the the blog is more of resource. resource yeah. Yeah. And that's what I always wanted it to be for anyone. Making money, saving money. Um, you know, I went into all about how I bought my house and the steps for that because I couldn't find much when I was Googling it, like an actual honest depiction of how to bloody buy a house that wasn't yeah. written, wasn't written by a professional. Like I wanted something that somebody had been through it. So, yeah, the money tab, probably, it's all there. Cool. Just go have a browse, yeah. Just go have a browse. And as I do things like get pets or maybe have a family one day, like, I'm just going to put it all there financially. Sorry we cut off here, but uh, Lucy's Skype was playing up, so her voice cut out. But we both wanted to just say thank you for listening. Really hope you enjoyed the episode. Check out the show notes and speak soon. Thank you so much for listening to Put Yourself First. If you enjoyed it or you have any feedback, I would love you to leave me a rating and review wherever you're listening to this. And if you'd like to reach out to me on social media to let me know you enjoyed it or just have a chat and say hi, I'm at cat underscore horrocks on Twitter and Instagram. 
And if you're feeling extra kind, share this on to a friend who you know needs to hear this one too.